So I guess you can't uh, lotterize unemployment. Uh, if you just give everybody a bunch of free money, you will run into problems. Because as soon as you stop, everything's going to collapse, I think, in theory. Yeah, but aren't you supposed to give people like money like for them to spend it, right? What? In the most basic of terms, yes, money exists to be spent. Well, I mean, Correct. Okay. so <laughs> in this pandemic, you know, things are <laughs> happening and people can't work. And the government's like, yo, we need to keep the economy going. Uh, you know, ergo, here's money, here's free money, and people get this free money, and impulse takes over, and then they buy stuff that they don't necessarily need, but they do it, which keeps the economy somewhat going. Because if people stop spending money, then that hurts the economy. But if you keep spending right, maybe it... Maybe inspire a solution. <clears throat> I feel like... <laughs> okay, so... So we're talking about the, the, the direct payments everyone got... Right? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and the federal unemployment? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And Craig yeah. and Marcus. I'm Will, head of hypocrisy. You know, in case you forgot what you're listening to. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're talking we're about. about rambling. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta introduce in case yeah. this is the first time they're, you know, they decide to start on episode 38 or whatever this is. Um, Nothing brings in an f- audience like the economy. Right? This is very <laughs> Juicy time. Years are sparked up now. They're like, it's my money and I want it. I'm not going to finish that because we're not going to see So, yeah, what's the problem with, like, I understand people should I just think the math is off because it's it was so much that it's it's hard to sustain. And then to, like, completely cut it off is, it's like, it's like, Feeding a starving person for two weeks and then starving them again. Okay. How helpful is that really? So do you think the government was like, we gave you this extra bonus and you guys should have saved the extra bonus money? I'm going to be honest. I don't know what the government thought currently. <laughs> fair. fair enough. Uh, I don't, I don't know if either. it thinks given the current leadership, but I think that the math was off. Okay. And I think that completely like flicking a switch on and flicking a switch off almost is never the answer. Well, I'm glad you mentioned math because I hate math. You I was told there'd be no math. No math. So let's look at our great uh, economist and mathematician. Okay. I, I'm half of those things, uh, economist, um, and I I can read math once someone did it for me. <laughs> but, but you're still ahead of this curve. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So, so you guys have to give me some sort of signal if I overly nerd out here or if I get too in the, in the weeds because okay. um, I actually like this stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I am married, audience. Um, and she knew she knows this. Anyway, so um, yeah. So the thing about the pandemic, obviously, is that it was a voluntary shutdown of the economy, right? There was no like, you know. Uh, Great Depression from like the stock market crashing or whatever. I mean, that happened, but you know, obviously the pandemic, everyone had to stay, stay home. Like we had to find a way to incentivize you not to work. So what are we going to do? We're have to give direct payments to each person and we have to make sure that unemployment is enough to cover you uh, until we can get this stuff figured out theoretically. Cause you know, we clearly did that. Right. Fellas. I feel like a better fix (laughs) just off, you know, from jump would have been to suspend rent. So, <clears throat> it's funny. Because um, then you don't have to give people free money for them to waste very quickly, which is effectively what happens. <laughs> so, so, actually, Mark Cuban, you know, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, had a comment where he basically said one way he would have done it is to just tell the banks to allow accounts to overdraft. Oh, okay. So, basically, allow people to spend the money, not like at will, but 
I would assume there'd be some sort of system. Like we don't need to get into the minutia, but like certain rent payment, utility, whatever, you can always make that payment. Right. The government would then reimburse the banks or something to that. That was one idea that like Cuban like had. That makes it's not, sense. It's not a terrible idea. Which well, just the way they do it. It's really like a lot, like just winning a small lottery. You just give people a, a handful of cash. When has that ever you know panned out to to work long term well? No one, very few people take free money and go like invest it long term or go buy groceries. People get free money, they buy sneakers and go to Vegas. Or, right, you know, like, right. Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, in, sorry, it's just in their defense, I need them to buy sneakers. That's the company. <laughs> so just people that are listening to this Anyone's podcast. Interested in uh, shameless like, yeah. plugs? I mean, it's a shameless <laughs> plug, but I, you know, until the checks are rolling in for this show. I like to keep my day job. Please keep buying sneakers. Yeah, until Continue. until I sell out for you, audience. Right. I, I, I <laughs> got to sell out for the man. Selling out for. <laughs> I mean, so, let's keep things in perspective. I'm yeah, just right. I mean, you know, fair. Everybody's got a job to do. Thank you. Again, only only in this situation, I, I don't like the idea of what's been known as universal basic income, right? Because that is considered a solution for a permanent problem. Right. They, they want to do that because like we're going to become so automated that there won't be any jobs for people. Um, I happen to think that's that theory is not going to actually come to fruition. That could be a different conversation if someone else needs a reason to take a nap. But um, but in this case, again, it was a short term. What was perceived to be a set amount of time where people were not going to be making any money, okay. and the reason why the cash directly um, is a little bit more effective than something like you know letting accounts overdraft um, is because. It's the only type of currency that is completely liquid and you can use it in any way, shape, and form. So even using direct deposit or like using um, you know, your debit card, whatever, that even limits you in certain times to things you can do right. with it. Um, so but the plan was to get the country ready to be reopened by now. That's right. why they picked the amount of time and the amount of money that they chose. The unemployment parts are necessary because unemployment you get from your state is never remotely close enough to cover you. Right. Um California is a very liberal state. Um, you get you are maxed out at four hundred fifty dollars a week. Right. That's the most you can get, and that is before taxes. Because oh yes, you are taxed on your unemployment. So which you paid for? Isn't it cute? Isn't it great? Um, <laughs> so you gonna tax me on the money I already gave? You? I mean that. I mean that. That <laughs> really <laughs> is a whole other level of like you're calling it income. It's unemployment, money. right? Like, right, I, right. I mean, I guess I'm it's getting it because I have no income. Yeah, it's technically um, it's incoming, right? Um, like by definition, and guess where it's going. So, um, so anyway, so so really, the problem with why isn't this working as well as it should have is uh, twofold. One is again, it didn't become as short term as it was supposed to be. The second problem Hashtag is wear a damn mask, right? <laughs> Thank you. Um, secondly, is also the thing people argue about, right? Is like oh, we've given so much money, people don't want to go back to work, right? You've heard this a lot, like, oh, yeah, 600 bucks yeah. a week. I mean, that's 2400 bucks a month. If you are entitled to the full amount in the state of California, you're up to $3,200 a month, pre, uh, you know, taxes and whatever. Right. That's not a horrific income no, yeah. to be making, right? right? Um, actually, I think I just did the math wrong. I think it's 4000 a month, Damn. something like that. Yeah, that's what it is. It's 48, it's, yeah, it's 48,000 a year. So there's two sides of that argument. One, one would be, again, is like we're giving people way too much money. We're not incentivizing them to work. My argument, and this has to do with other things we've talked about or you guys have talked about before, sorry, about things like, you know, how you – idea of reparations, trying to give uh, minorities a chance 
to actually get to a point where they are at least at a level playing field. Close the golf gap. Right. Is the fact that that 48000 a year is so much money that 70% of people who are on unemployment are making more money now than they made before. 70% oh, yeah. are making more. Mm-hmm. That means that we have too many people under the poverty level. Right. That's wow. the problem. 100%. So, um, you know... Again, there's two, there's two ways to look at it. You can those of those people who say it, it stops them from coming back to work. Jack the box. My response is, well, if Jack the box can't afford to pay you enough, I was going to say, so then is you the should solution be open. to raise minimum wage to like twenty five dollars an hour. So, or? so uh, minimum wage is uh, interesting, and this this actually can tie in with other conversations uh, that we even had in a previous episode about ignorance, actually. Um, uh, is ignorant people make minimum wage? Well, because well, yes, um, um, if only it were that simple. Right. Um, uh, but you know, the thing is, is that sometimes people's ideologies can get in the way of uh, what they know is really the right thing to do. So almost all the time. And here's an example of how <laughs> I, I personally, um, I'm, I'm a left leaning person. I'm, I'm a registered independent. Um, but in terms of economic principles and stuff, I believe in consumer spending. I'm a little bit more like, you know, I'm about to go into a bunch of people, people don't really care about, but like the guy who saved us from the great depression was because he said government needs to spend money. Okay. Like that's the thing. I think we need to have entitlements. I think we need to have safety nets. I, I'm more on that side of the coin, but I also believe in a free market. And because of that, I feel like I don't like the idea of a minimum wage. I don't like the idea of putting a floor on a market because it restricts the market from being as efficient as it possibly can be. However, the problem is a market is not a living being. It's an invisible hand. It's a natural ebb and flow of price, which means it has no concept of sustainable living and a living wage and you know, well, that's the thing. If you don't give people free money and you don't raise minimum wage, how do you close the gap? That well, <laughs> the, the even more so is that I mean, you're right. That's part of the gap problem. But the problem in and of itself is the fact that there is even poverty in the first place when everyone when you when you have low unemployment. Why is thirty percent of Americans below the poverty line when our unemployment number was three point eight percent? Well, that's I a mean, problem. Right. True. I, I mean, and and um, I, I'm not going to. I mean, I could go into exactly how well, we got here, but you know, um, there are very few jobs that you can work singularly and survive. So exactly. being employed does not mean that does not really have any. Of, well, it doesn't mean that you won't be poor. Basically, you right. can be employed and still very poor. Exactly, and that's why we need to have a minimum wage. Because the market cannot... So confused. So do you want a minimum wage or you don't want a minimum wage? That's, that's the thing. <laughs> I, ideologically, I don't like the idea, but I accept the fact oh, that you it's necessary. It? Yeah. Got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and and this, this also is where a lot of people fall with ideas like affirmative action. That's how I feel about taxes. Or maybe that's a whole, that's the whole other thing. But like, you know, some people feel about the idea of affirmative action. Like people get upset about the idea of like almost like a quota system and things of this nature. Right. Unfortunately, we are not culturally at a place in our society where people will actually give people of color enough of a chance. And until we give people enough of a chance and get them into a large enough role to where they are now a visual representation of what you perceive to be a CEO or a vice president, and they're no longer just representing the guy getting busted on cops, 
you know, or the guy blowing his wad on the NFL on a Rolex, right. which is obviously the misrepresentation of black people in our media. Right. There's right? only, there can only be the extreme, be right. it great or terrible. There is no just normal, you know, middle America black man. <laughs> I mean, think about, think about, you, I mean, are you in an NFL too, Marcus, or do you guys watch I, it now? No, I don't care. I, I love soccer. Okay. Um, kind of. Well, pretend you're an American for a second. <laughs> so, right, so, hold on one second. I'm entitled. I'm entitled. I'm entitled. Yes, I'm and better, we're better. Gain some weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. And no offense, this is what I think the other most people in the country, other countries think of. Us. Oh, there's lots of reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're all loud, fat. Loud, it's, loud, yeah, no, we're fat. So, you guys ever heard of the Rooney Rule? Or no, the Rooney Rule is essentially uh, made by one of the owners, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who said that you have to interview at least one minority candidate for the head coaching positions. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, that is, in effect, a form of affirmative action. And there's a lot of upheaval about it at first. Like, some people were having, obviously, token interviews because, look, other cases, you know who you want. It's your offensive coordinator for 25 years. He happens to be white. Like, why are we doing this? You know, whatever. But since it started... We have had more African-American head coaches uh, and assistant coaches in the GM in the front office. This is another example like minimum wage where it's like, in principle, I don't like the premise of having to do this. But we as a society and, and, and an economy in general is not capable of making the social decisions we need to have a good society sometimes. I mean, that's how you, that's generally how treatment works, right? Like most people don't like how medicine tastes, but it solves the problem. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily like this, but it's effective and we need to do something because status quo is current, is ineffective. And, so. and, and that's why we need more representation. This is why we need representation of minorities in, on TV shows and again, right. in the C-suites of these big companies. And if I can, qu- if, if I could make a quick comment about the housing thing, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, Obviously, I heard the episode, and I, um, I was driving to pick up my kid from summer camp, and it was at the end when you guys, we need a mathematics guy or whatever. And I literally raised my hand in my car like a total loser. <laughs> like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. Um, again, not a math guy. But um, so I think I, I agree with the idea that home ownership is, a, is probably the best way to create generational wealth. Okay. And coming from, you know, I mean – I, my wife and I, we're lucky. We're we're upper middle class ish, you know, the kind of on that line. Um, but we can't afford a home. And right. I'm telling you, the tax system is designed to be a homeowner. If right. you don't own a home, once you get past lower middle to flat middle, you it, it actually starts to cost more mm-hmm. to like survive. Totally. If, if you don't own a home, oh, wow. so um, it was always designed this way, and so that is a good way again. Uh, I- Right. Black people in general don't own anything. So no, no. The, I mean, the home ownership is, is incredibly small among among blacks. And I don't know the numbers. Um, but so but I would do it a little differently because you guys mentioned like maybe like, you know, get a bunch of land. I think you said Bakersfield. I was just picking a random yeah, place random. to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somewhere that's currently yeah. not uh, fully. Yeah. Fully right. developed or whatever. Yeah, right. I was hoping that would generate like. Create some type of job for infrastructure mm-hmm. and stuff like because you got well, somebody's got to build the homes, got to build the water structure to get just. Anyways, continue. Yeah, so I guess my biggest concern would be, what about it? Almost creates inherent segregation where you're basically creating a community of all black people who are outside of the currently we existing infrastructure. You're right, but we're trying to fix that, right? <laughs> you know. Well, it's not so much about where they live, but they own what they live in. 
so, so like so I want to suggest a different way to give him ownership is all I'm kind of saying because like sure. I feel like if if you get like you say like hey here's your plot of land that we kind of promised you in the first place whatever but if you put again all these people in the same area and it's a group of people who are already disenfranchised and at a disadvantage in the system anyway the home's going to help but they still don't have the other stuff like they're not going to have the educational advantages of already pre-existing higher community areas things of that nature what do people normally do right now they do what they call opportunity zones where like you know these people invest money in well i was gonna say like if it effectively <clears throat> if when you take something like gentrification right where mm-hmm. they come in and they uh, beautify a urban area you know for better better terms um the starbucks it right yeah right <laughs> i feel like you could do something like that except for the part where you raise the rent to the point that the people that live there can't live there anymore so just make it nice and let them keep living there so mm. instead of gentrified just modernize right and let them own where they live right so you don't have to like i'm not saying that everyone has to go and move out in the middle of the desert like just put all the poor black people in homes you know in the middle of nowhere like for I'm talking you know people that don't have anywhere to stay. There are some people that live somewhere currently, they just don't own it. You can just have them own where they live. Send them the deed. Well, yeah, I mean that that would be a different option than like the, the Bakersfield. Right. right, right, right. Which that could work as well. But again, because of where the the majority of those people live is still right. an well, impoverished so, area. But then like so you how would you how would you change that? How like what what about the like the giving of the the land or the deed would change like the the demographics of the neighborhoods because we already have effective segregation like <clears throat> now yeah we do right right so i guess like what difference does it like how i don't you want to solve both problems well, I, I want to... Because, like, the not... own I, To me, it's separate. Like, the, the fact that we don't have ownership and that the, the neighborhoods are se- segregated are separate issues and can, can be a, approached as such. Like, if we get ownership first, then you own the house, you can move out to wherever you want and rent your home. Like, you have options. Well, okay. So, the, we, we are in agreement with, with the kind of the one-for-one of... Home, getting them home ownership right, of some way, shape, or form. Yeah, the so rollout is the, the location now. Well, Obviously, going to be the hard the, part. The concept of possibly creating segregation. So let let's let, how about we table the whole Bakersfield idea? Sure. For a second, right? Like, yep. just, like let's just talk about what what currently exists. And obviously, look, if more people need homes, you're going to build homes. Right, so right, right. you know that's going to happen wherever it happens. What I'm suggesting is right now the main focus tends to be over and over again. The what I, I get what they call opportunity zones, where essentially you um, incentivize investment companies to build in areas that are um, lower income and all that kind of stuff, right? <clears throat> because in theory, you're investing in the in the community and on and on and on. Well, the problem is all that ends up going there is Whole Foods, Chipotle's, and high luxury apartments right. that the people who already live there can't even afford. Right. Right. It effectively is the beginning of gentrification. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you're also so basically you're trying to lack of a better way you're trying to put lipstick on a pig like you're really you're, you're, I mean it's just a vanity card and the people right. who make money are the rich white people who went right. and bought that land yeah because right. you're not giving them any ownership right right so what I'm saying is 
there there is some aspect that would benefit by just simply giving them the ownership in those areas. That's that's a fact as well. But the other issue is finding a way to get the community that is in these areas to move into the nicer areas as well and give them an opportunity to move. So, well, so I guess my, my retort would be, why can't you just make the area that they're in as nice as the nicer area? Then there's no need to move anyone because the way things get nice is due to basic economic incentives. Like you can't just make something nice because you want it to be nice. That has to be a reason for somebody to spend the money to make it nicer. Right. But you shouldn't have to move to do that. You should be able to do it where you're at. Well, can't the com- community leaders do it? Like, let's just say, yeah, this is what was it? Wyclef John, he tries to give back to Haiti or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. can't they just be trying a, to build Wakanda? Right. Like, so can't there just be like a, like, not saying, not saying the government has to solve anything or everything, but it's a step kind of in the right direction. Like, granted, I don't know why we keep using Bakersfield, but, you know, <laughs> they're like, yo, Poor this Bakersfield, land in Bakersfield, this is, we'll develop the homes, you guys have to do the rest. Like, as a community, they can kind of start their own thing. It, it sounds bad because it does sound like we're just segregating. But I do understand the concept of, like, people don't have to move there. You can continue to live in your home if you're happy with it or your apartment. But at least you know your children have a home. I get what you're saying. Like, it takes more than a home to build a neighborhood. Right. Like, schools are based off, like, still based off of income tax. Property and taxes. Yeah, or, yeah, not income. Sorry. Property tax. We got to start somewhere. Um, but... So then I guess that the solve as opposed to to changing the rollout would be to not make schools based off of property tax. And well, then you can have a nice school wherever. Well, with COVID happening right now and everyone's working from home and schooling from home, that might not be an issue, right? Well, there is that. Well, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, the, the whole COVID situation is just going to make the disparities between the poor and the minorities and those who have money so much worse than it's been. It's going it's going to uh, exacerbate it um, at a level. Well, think, well, think about it. I feel it. like rich people always do bad. I mean, do well when like the world is doing bad. <laughs> well, and this is like, well, not the world, I guess the country. Yeah. And because this is so long, like not, we've never had anything that has lasted this long. So I feel like the longer it lasts, the rich will continue to be making money off of whatever it is they're making money off of, and the poor are still not working. So, well, if you're if, if you're a poor if you're if you're a poor family, uh, who what is what's the odds you have good internet connection? Mm, what's the odds that. you have a laptop in the first place? Right. Um, so well, a lot of them are are the. The non-essent, they're like the in-between workers, right? They're the people that are getting the food and things of that nature. Right, but people with kids is what I'm saying. Like, right. how are you going to have? How are you going to have your kid go to online school? You don't have you don't have a computer at home. Okay, so well, that's the thing. If the school is nice and they provide the the device, right? But but here's what I'm saying. Like, ties together, like basically. is is that the nice communities got there over a series of steps and processes? Right. It wasn't right. like nice areas were built nice and stayed nice, and the areas that were built bad were started bad and stayed bad. Um, and that is the unfortunate reality of the economy: is that you have to find a way to it. Like, look, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing with Nike, right? Mm. I, they did the right thing, but but that goes without a question, in my opinion. Like, it was a great message yeah. to make all this stuff. Okay, but what I'm getting at here is that 
it took for it to be at least a 50-50 risk for them to take the chance to do it. Right. What you're seeing right now with Facebook and everybody boycotting Facebook, it took a lot. A lot. Because at the end of the day, when you're a company, you have a fiduciary duty to your board and your stockholders. It doesn't make you an evil – stock companies are not evil. That's all. That's why they shouldn't vote, which is essentially what corporations do. Um, but – um, with, with, uh, what's it called? Citizens United. Like they actually made it where corporations can basically donate now. That's how the laws changed. I don't know. I think they're pretty evil. Well, maybe that could be, that could be a different conversation. <laughs> I, know, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that corporations are evil. I think the reason why they feel evil is because we try to give them a social responsibility and they should, mm. and they should well, have one. If they're going to society, then they're socially responsible. Uh, by being regulated by our government properly. Right. Right. Well, I guess, yeah. But you can't make the corporation care. Like, that's the problem. Now, we can as inv- by, as consumers, which is what's happening. That's why Nike did the Kaepernick thing. I feel like we're supposed thing. to because the corporation exists within where we – the community, right? Like, they, they have to be somewhere. Well, they have to exist within the community. But what I'm suggesting is they – well, first of all, where do you think – these corporations are not in the worst communities, like the, like the main headquarters and things of that nature, right? Right. Like, I don't, I don't think they need to have a bleeding heart, but they need to take – society into consideration when making decisions like they, they can't be they can't focus solely on what's best for i mean i guess they can but i don't that's what makes them evil if they only care about what makes the business function the best because if this business only functions for society within society you can't forego factoring them into the decisions you make about your business that affects said society so they they will do that as far as they are incentivized to do so by the consumer. Right. Well, so, 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 like, I'm again, it's, it's on my mind because, sorry, I also I do stock market stuff. And, and it, the, the stock for Chipotle is ridiculous. It's over $1,000 a share. It's over $1,000 a share for Chipotle, okay? Really? Yes, wild. it's ridiculous. Not that price equals market cap. But it, uh, anyway, um, wake up, everybody. Um, but, <laughs> but, but no, like, so let's just, I just want to use this really quick example, like, in terms of, like, what, motivates chipotle and like what they do right what they do wrong chipotle is motivated to not give you food poisoning because they don't want to get sued and they don't want to be perceived that's their main goal yeah like they had the e coli run that was unfortunate whatever they they are in they are motivated to use sustainable food ingredients because the consumer wants to eat consumer wants to eat um foods that whatever word i just said because i already forgot sustainable thank you um once but but then you have another level of of societal requirements which is are you paying enough taxes to help support the infrastructure which we have built for you or are you hiring your employees at a livable wage or are you have osha requirements in terms of safety things like that there's nothing about why a corporation exists that is going to create the inherent motivation to do those things properly in and of it's a robot. It's it's like asking it's like asking the you know the computer to cry for you. It's just not going to do it. <laughs> and it's always been this way too. This isn't a new thing. Well, so like the system itself, like some because there's there are people that make these decisions that make these things move. Mm-hmm. So to to speak about them as if they're like autonomous machines, I don't think is fair because there's an, at the end of the day there's they're they're humans that are making the decisions, right? So you have to hold them somewhat accountable for that but it's not a, like the decisions for the greater good of the company right to yeah. keep the company sustainable because if that company falls and the people that work for that company would 
Right, but if they don't take care of the people, then no one's going to buy anything from the company. Like, they, they work hand in hand. You need the, the customers just as much as the company needs. I don't know, because people got E. coli and they still But What does that prove, though? That if you make it, they will come. I think, but... Right, but you need them to come. If they decide not to come because of whatever, maybe it takes more than E. coli, but if they make a decision not to come, then you don't exist. So they do need you. Whether they respect that need or not, it's there. It exists. People just aren't smart enough to band together and exercise, you know, that power. But at the end of the day, these corporations don't exist if we don't buy things. If you have... You have Bill Gates, right? I think most people, unless you're a real wackadoodle, <laughs> think that he's a really good person. He's done a lot of really great things. He's right. helped with diseases around the world. I don't hate him. Okay, I'll settle for that. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> I'm uh, glad to know you're okay. the head of both hypocrisy. You don't hate. Yeah, Bill I mean, Gates. I mean, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm willing to say that. I'm, much. Not, I'm gonna say the dude's perfect, but I don't. I feel like he's done a lot of good things. Um, <laughs> maybe not. Um, but then you have that guy who owned that pharmaceutical company who made um, oh, insulin go yeah. up by like a gajillion dollars and all this stuff, right? Yeah. So, Bastard. so this I'm using those examples to tell you to separate the CEO from the corporation. So, Microsoft is a pretty uh, globally aware company. They actually do a lot of really good stuff. Um, they're not, again, they're not perfect. They will cut corners on, they do all kinds of, I mean, there's still parts, that's of, human nature there's still parts made in Asia with someone who makes eight cents, you right. know, right. So and all again, that's all human again. It's, you know, same with the Apple and everything, you know, right. It's again, it's human because they're incentivized to act that way. This other guy with the pharmaceutical company, he has a product that is irreplaceable. Right. You can't. Yeah. There's no. It. It. It's. Um. It's called completely being inelastic. <laughs> that is the actual term for it. So, um. He will set a price and he'll say, you're going to pay it or you're going to die. Questions? And it takes the government, which is, by the way, the people. These are the people you're talking about. Those right. are the people who have the power to say, no, you have a responsibility to us as a society to behave a certain way. So when you have certain people who get into office who like to wipe it out on the table with their tiny little orange hands and say, look how much regulation I've gotten rid of. Look how powerful I am. Look how much more powerful our corporations are. You like that, suckers? <laughs> like, that's the person to be upset about. Because that's the person who's responsible to ensure that corporations can coexist in our ecosystem that is the United States of America. Don't get mad at the tiger. Don't get mad at the scorpion. It's a scorpion. I See, can be mad remember? At, I circle I back. I can See be the mad old at episode? episode. See? You can be mad at both. You t- <laughs> okay? I mean, I got enough anger to go around. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I'm not God. saying corporations are are good either. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, you know. Um, I I will place blame squarely on the orange shoulders that are are responsible, but I can I can hold the the minions accountable too. You sh- they should be held accountable because they've chosen to do certain things to make a whole lot of money, but it's not but at who's. Who's cost though? At whose expense? But it's <laughs> it, it, it's like I'm just trying to talk blunt economics here. It's not their fault, right? They were enabled to do it. Their job is to, you know, like so you're blaming the pusher, not the junkie. No, I'm I'm blaming I'm <laughs> I'm blaming the people for letting the corporations be a part of the regulating prog- process. That's the problem. 
So now we're blaming the people. Wow, that's okay. Wait, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, I am. I am. But but you know we elect these officials. Uh, our election process is not perfect. Um, people are not represented who should be represented. We jerry rig our districts. I can go on and on and on about how, how messed up our electoral system is. Um, but I mean, but it's autonomous too. It's just like a, a corporation. So technically it's not its fault. Well, but it's bound by a different document <laughs> than the fiduciary duty. That is like your profit margin. But again, as we've established our systemic, our system is systemically racist. Right. Like, you know, there are, gonna say. Like, there are things to wrong with a it. specific yes, type of person. Exactly. Same. same Absolutely. Kind of Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm guessing I'm telling you there Maybe there's no good people in this story. I don't know. What, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, we convince ourselves every day you can't tax the rich because one day I might be okay. Right. Right. And on that note, if there's any corporations willing to still sponsor the show, <laughs> offended by the host. Um, hey, yo, hit us up at Head of Hypocrisy. I will not mix words. I have no sympathy for corporations. Hey, I will just say that we would have had Chipotle no. add he not mentioned the E. coli thing. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Bill Gates, though, hit us up. Yeah, yeah well, he's cause, still cool. Because Will's okay with I you. I didn't say anything bad about Bill Gates. <laughs> Maybe I will next time. Yeah, that's malaria. <laughs> head above hypocrisy. <laughs>